how can I go to a restaurant and sit down and have drinks and fun if you have a thousand people dying just around the corner? I'm Danny Vallant, and this is Dirty Linen, the podcast that takes the issues the hospitality industry finds hard to air in public and shakes them all about. This week on Dirty Linen, we're chatting to people in the hospitality world all around the world, and we are going far away today, all the way to Brazil, where we're chatting to Chef Jorge Curi. Although he says I can call him George. I don't know. <laughs> Jorge, I know that things in Brazil are pretty intense and pretty different, and we're so uh, honoured that you're going to let us know here in Australia more about uh, what's going on for you in, in South America. So welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you so much for coming to have a chat. No, I say thank you. It's, it's a, such a pleasure to, to have this chat with you. So tell us about the situation in Brazil with COVID. And of course, it's a very uh, tumultuous political situation in Brazil as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, here, well, uh, we are on the political, the dark, darkest political moment here in Brazil because we have no leader. We don't have even a minister of the healthy uh, to like to be caring of the people. And uh, yeah, that's not mean that the people are dying on the streets, but yeah, we, we have so many cases and uh, we are such a large country. So we have a different uh, like higher period of the disease in different parts of Brazil is just spreading around. Uh, I'm living down south Brazil. It's really f- close to Uruguay. It's about two hours from the border of Uruguay and Argentina. So it's different. Uh, I'm about a thousand kilometers from Rio de Janeiro, just like to 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 compare the distance. And uh, there, on like on May, you have a critical period in Rio de Janeiro, and start to be here now the critical period. So. No, no other other countries have a so long time with so many deaths, and that's the point. We like banalize the deaths. We we, are, we have more than thousand, uh, hundred thousand people dying in Brazil. I heard like a couple of days ago, Brazil passed one hundred thousand deaths, which is a, a milestone that you never ever want to reach. It's just, I guess, only the United States has had more. And with the political situation, I heard that your a health minister or the yeah the the health uh, the controller of the health of health was jailed for corruption because he was spending the money that was given to him to to spend on coronavirus. So things it's there's so much corruption, so much instability. Yeah, that's that's the point. We uh, at the same point we have the a free free health uh, uh, for all of the people, but the the point is the corruption take most part of the money, and the most people who are dying are the poor people and the black people. About six percent of the people are, the, are black because it's, it's, it's the poorest people here in Brazil. Well, I think throughout the world, we throughout the world, we're seeing that the the yeah, I mean, poor people are more vulnerable to all kinds of disease and um, yeah, all kinds of difficulty and disease. And certainly, it's um, yeah, although the disease attacks every 
every person's body. I think some people are very much more susceptible because of their circumstances and if perhaps they find it difficult to isolate, perhaps they're in a profession or they have a job where it's uh, where it's really difficult to maintain distancing. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, I'm really sorry to hear, hear that it's such a big, stark difference in Brazil as well. Yeah, it, it, it's such a, an, a known honour and that we are proud to have a free insurance health with all of the people here in Brazil. And there should be uh, an example for all over the world, that the way that we're taking care about it. Because if you compare to United States, that you have a pain insurance, a health insurance for all of the people, but that's not working for the poor people. That's the point. Because we, we don't have a, a really high rate of uh, deaths if you compare about million people, we are on. The, I think we are second or third uh, most uh, deaths country. In the, the sorry, the, the more dead that people in all of the world. But if you see like the the deaths hates for million people, I think we are on the third thirty or something like that. It's not a ranking that you can compare, but some ways that. Uh, uh, now, m many people, and uh, you asked me yesterday about um, if I know someone or, yeah, we start to know a lot of people, like a cousin, an uncle, so it's getting closer. And so that's the point. Yeah, and I know that Bolsonaro, your president, is um, a bit of a denier, like he's not taking the situation that seriously. Uh, I think he's had coronavirus himself, but um, it doesn't sound like he's showing the kind of leadership which would l let most people, I guess, take the steps that they would need to stop the spread of the virus. Would would that be a fair thing to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. We we can compare him uh, with Trump. Now we are we have our Trump. I think you have more news about Trump and about all of the positions, the bad positions that he have. And then we have the, I think it's even worse here in Brazil because no one is taking care properly. We had um, a health minister at the beginning who was doing a really good job. And uh, he was putting the, the country together with some, um, some actions and interviews. And uh, every day he was on the TV, like coming down the population, explain the situation. But now we, we have a kind of a dictatory um, postery that even hiding the numbers. So we don't have the numbers uh, coming from the government. We have the numbers coming from uh, uh, journalist groups that um, that um, taking the numbers with the the prep to the governments because these we have a it's separated by states. So we don't have a federal um, program that's taking care. Each state have his different position about the the coronavirus that's the point so it's kind of mess because you have different uh, postures and different actions across the country so that's why it's spreading all across the current country and uh, each government are taking the risks it's it's difficult it's really difficult so you, you told us you're down in the south of Brazil near Uruguay. Can you tell us about the place where you live and about the restaurants that you've got? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, we are kind of a different um, a, a way that I think you see Brazil. We have uh, all the season here. We have a proper winter here. We have a, like today we have five degrees Celsius. So it's not like uh, hot all, all of the year. So we have more, um, I like um, uh, a soft culture here we call. That's more like Uruguay and Argentina. And uh, that's, we, we took seriously the, the cold here. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, I got uh, three business uh, running here. Uh, we, the, the city called Pelotas. And it is on the Rio Grande do Sul state. It's one of the third, fourth city. Uh, we have um, two, three, no, it's about 400,000 people living here. And then it's the, it's a, it's a medium city here in Brazil because we have some really large city. Uh, our first business, we start uh, almost 10 years ago. It's called uh, Madre Mia. And uh, it's a, uh, we, we have a um, uh, concept called Resto Arte. It's like a kind of restaurant, pub, and art gallery. It's not like the conventional art gallery. It's like mix, mixed on the space, but we have different artists that uh, we change the exposition twice a year. And uh, we do, on the kitchen, we cook, uh, we call a Latin fusion. It's like taking uh, some traditional dishes from Peru, from Chile, from Argentina, with local ingredients, and uh, do our our own food on a really casual way, and uh, not fancy. Is really casual. That's really nice because we have this mix. We have this mix, and we work as well with some artisanal beer, and then after. Three, four years, our group started a place called Navi, and it's like a food, um, uh, sorry, food court. We have a lot of, uh, we have a, a fire station, we have another things that we cook, and we, we work like a small industry that we can activate another business with this really nice extra tool. And that's possibility to open our third business that's called Mordomia. Uh, it's a kind of um, a dark kitchen that we only do. Uh, we have a, an, um, an equipment called ultra freezing. I don't know how you call that in English. Oh, yeah, like blast yeah. freezing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it makes, it freezes things really fast. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. So we cook like... we. And that was at the beginning of the situation of COVID that we, we close all the business and we just keep doing ultra-freezing food because that possibility to do a one, two days long shift and cook a lot of food and then keep at home for 10 days, two weeks, and then yeah, go back to the restaurant. And this gives you a little bit of... Uh, of brief for the business, uh, but uh, talking about the pollution situation, keeping talking, uh, we have some some helps here from the government, like uh, some good taxes to pay the the, the 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 wage, the salaries, 
and uh, we have a lot of uh, bank uh, uh, lines of credits, but uh, no one can access because of this kind of mess of our government. So we have the money; it's on the the bank, but any business is it is it's possible to access this money. It's kind of difficult. Ah, so you sh- so the government has said they will help, and but the systems aren't working, so you can't actually get the help from them, right? Yeah, they have about I think ten billion dollars to help all the, the the food industry, but I think even less than ten percent of this money, it's it's really the people are really getting to to help the business, but mm, that must be very frustrating. So. What are the rules there? Like, are you? Um, did you have to close down? Uh, did you? Are you only? What, so, what's what's the rule as far as running a restaurant there in in Pelotas? That's the point. I, I'm like I'm dimmed. Like I just saw now the news. For example, New Zealand have uh, four new cases and uh, they are locking down. Yeah, <laughs> that's they're taking it super seriously. Yeah, here we have a thousand deaths in Brazil a day. And uh, because of this different, uh, there's no a leader, a federal leader. Every state are taking his own own uh, rules. So now, where I live, we just had a two days lockdown. That nobody could explain why just two days of lockdown, and uh, we couldn't uh, work even with delivery, and uh, everything was closed. But but this was the the first really lockdown that we did, the first one that we, we started when everything started in all over the world on March, was like a scary lockdown because we don't have cases and everybody was at home, but wasn't a rule that you can't open. Uh, but now we are open. Uh, and so it's like a kind of... Uh, one week you can open and another week you close it. One week they are improving the hospitals and then you can open. And then 14 later, 14 days later, you are closing again. So for the business, it's a kind of mess because you, you never can organize yourself. So that's terrible. I mean, yeah. stock and I mean, actually, your blast freezing business was a stroke of genius because that sounds like the only one that makes sense at the moment. Yeah, we call even even we start to call of the name of the, the name of the business and we do like a project that's called Todos Somos Um. That means uh, uh, everybody is is unique, is um, one force that we put all of the products and the foods that make the. The, like the character of the business and we put in only one business that's everything was freezing was good for april and uh but we have uh too many employers and so many customers as well before covid we have about twenty-five thousand people a month uh, eating our restaurants here so it's it's more than the more much more than population of the city during one year and uh, we, we, we sell it uh, much more than food. We sell it experiences. We sell it like a moment that you take. It's not only about the food. And that's the difficulty at the moment. 
because everybody is doing delivery. Everybody is selling like the best food that that they can. That they can. So it's difficult to compete like that. So everybody is like just selling a bit, paying some bills, but nothing really, really going going well like with delivery. Yeah. You can't be you can't be who you are properly. It it must be. I mean, how do you feel? Like this must be so destabilizing. You really can't express yourself through your business in the way that you want, and to have the leadership vacuum and the health emergency. I mean, how are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I I say that when you are um, internship, you it's an adventure, you know. Yeah, but now I think it's much more adventure than ever, because I feel really confused. But I need to to keep firm and to keep to keep doing the things. So uh, most every week I have a new start, a new way to start, a new way to improve my business. So that's the the adventure. That's the the challenge to do to do the here because you never know what's gonna happen. Like in two, four, five days, one week, it's really short the, the the way that you can organize yourself, your supplies and everything. Yeah. It sounds exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, that's true. How many employees do you have? Uh before the, the quizzes I have about sixty in our three restaurants, sixty employers. And now I have about 25, even cut the half. And um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's one way that the government are helping. We have about four months of uh, all of the wages pay- paid by the government. But in the, the food industry here in Brazil, that's been about 20% of, our, of what, what we sell. We sell, so it's it's a help for sure, but not that much. Right, is and does everyone? Because here in Australia we have a wage subsidy as well, but there's problems with not everybody is able to access it. So there's all these exceptions. If you're if you're from overseas and you're not a permanent resident of Australia, you don't get that assistance. If you haven't been working with the business uh, for long enough, you don't get the assistance. Is is there similar rules with in Brazil with that with that scheme? Uh, more or less, uh, it's something that here in Brazil we have so many business business that run informal. Most of the food business it's like the family business or something like that. So that's difficult to access. Our business is everything on the on the rules and everything is fine. So we are having a, an access for that, and that's helping. I can I can say that. But I, I heard about so many business that sold for so long in the industry and that they are not a, couldn't access the, the, the money and everything. And that's the point. Yeah. Is Brazil the sort of place where if the, the government said everyone needs to wear a mask, that everybody would wear a mask or would are people likely to just do, do their own thing? Yeah, like they do what the, most of people do, what the leader does. So if our leader are not using the mask and everything, that's the point. Here in my city, I cannot say that people are not using the mask, but the people do are using the mask. But it's amazing 
I, I would I would say something that is not good for my business, but it's a personal personal uh, uh, feel. That how can I go to a restaurant and sit down and having drinks and fun if you have thousand people dying just around the corner? So the people are open the restaurants because they need. I'm sure of that. I cannot judge that because it's so many uh, things on the on the way, but. We are just keep keeping our delivery, but because we not believe that we cannot, we, we can open now, and be able to have fun and uh, to enjoy a, a dinner and meal. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's mandatory that you have you you must use the mask, and the people are respecting that. Okay, but you just feel like it wouldn't be the right thing to do to be inviting people in for a great experience when you, there's a crisis outside yeah but now the because it's taking too long so the government starts to like to not compromise compromise themselves with the all the the benefits and the, everything to help the industry so they are they are allowing to open but something yeah yeah you can open if you want but up is up to you because in truth, yes, it's crazy. It's crazy. They banalize deaths. That's the point of our government. They banalize deaths. They what? Uh, they banalize it like uh, they don't even care. Like, right. For so many people are dying. They are just counting the numbers and say, yeah, deaths happens and that's it, this, this disease. So in, in kind of some parts of the country, they have like immunizade uh, for themselves. I mean, uh, they are so disorganized. So, so many people are on disease. So, we even now start to decrease the numbers because of this, like, kind of, uh, I don't know how to explain to you. Yeah, it's just, like, so chaotic that it looks like it's going down, but you know that there's a lot of people who are sick yeah. that yeah. perhaps aren't even getting That's tested it. or counted in the statistics. Yeah, we don't have even testing the people and that's it. Yeah. Wow. Well, so tell us a bit more about the food in Brazil and about your style of food. Like what's a dish that you love to make? If if I came there and this was all behind us and we were just going to have a great experience in a great restaurant, what kind of food would you give me? Yeah. Uh, in our business, we do like really casual food. So uh, um, I consider myself a really technique chef, but with the technique, apply for for a great experience you not that's not mean to be a fancy dinner or expensive dinner i want to be more a popular chef with good products good uh, taking care of the people around here but with um, a political way uh, how can i explain you're like you're telling me a, st a story or something with the food with the like there's a point to it yeah uh, here we are down south we have one of the most uh, uh, fish industry in all of Brazil that we export even for Europe so I love seafood I born in the in the beach so it's it's kind of food that I do with my soul that's what I really like but we like to sell experience. We like to sell. It's not one food that explains us. It's more like the environment and the way that you treat the food, the way that we can approximate, like with the classical dish, a classical recipe, 
with our touch and with our ingredients in with the, the way that we see the world. That's the point. Mm. Well, tell me about about a seafood dish that um, I might have if I come there when you when you're back open. Yeah, uh, something with prawns. That's here in our region. It's really nice. We have one of the best prawns. Like do we call the Vien Viennese prawn? It's like a gray prawn. It's not like there is a there is a lagoon here that's that's that can that's a lagoon that have the the entrance by the sea. So we have a water that's a little bit uh, salty, but not that much, and that's give a, a really sweet sweet taste for our prawn. So it's like a, a really such a nice experience. So for sure, I will offer a prawn, a dish with prawns <laughs> when you come over here. <laughs> Definitely. That sounds really good. Um, so what's the feeling like in, in, this, in the town, on the streets? Do you feel like are people exhausted? Are they hopeful? Are they worried? Um, you know, are, are people still talking? Like, yeah, the people are worried? Yeah, the people are worried for sure because we have uh, so many deaths and uh, we don't have control about our about the disease and about everything so no one uh, no one knows who to believe and uh, which way that they they need to to take and uh, they are not being protected of, of about the government so they they need to be a lot of people need to be on the streets to make money to eat and everything and that's the point Mm. But yeah, the people are worried. How do you imagine Brazil progressing from here? It's difficult to say now something like that because it sounds like I'm a guru to say how the Brazilian progress. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's week by the week. You're just in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot like, imagine how it's going to be. I think we are on the worst scenario now. And uh, but there's no history about the other country that's for so long have so many deaths a day. Even the United States is not is not like that. So yeah, but but I'm hopefully that uh, everything's gonna be alright. Alright, just uh, we are on the the middle of the winter here, so a lot of people say it's the worst scenario when you are in the middle of the winter. So I'm hoping that on the spring, the things going to start to, to to go well. That's what we hope as well, because we're in the middle of winter as well. And here in Melbourne, we're, we're locked down. It's nothing like what you're experiencing. Um, yeah, it's, it's nothing like it. But Tell me a little bit more about Melbourne, how the, how the industry is, is working there, just let just me know. Well, so... Uh, I'll tell people how I met you. So there's a, a beautiful Brazilian cafe called Bossa Nova in the inner city of Melbourne, Carlton. And I wrote about that for my restaurant column last year when I was when I still had a job as a restaurant critic before there were no restaurants. <laughs> um, and I, I reached out to them and asked if they could find me someone in Brazil to speak to. And I'm so happy that they introduced me to you. Um, so in Melbourne, we've been living with this, I guess, since the middle of March, like everybody, well, from, like most people around the world. Um, 
we in Melbourne, it's the worst place in Australia at the moment. We're locked down. In, we've, we've got the hardest lockdown that Australia's had. Uh, so we're halfway through a six-week lockdown uh, where you're, you're only allowed five kilometres from your house. Um, you're only allowed out for essentials. Restaurants are able to do takeaway, but many other um, businesses and shops are closed or, or reduced. So uh, it's really tough. There is support from the government, but it's... Um, yeah, there's a lot of unity from the government at the start. That seems to be fraying a little bit. There's, um, It just feels like a grind and it feels exhausting. And I think the first time we were locked down in March, there was a lot of energy and a lot of innovation. And now it just feels a bit more like, okay, we know how to do this, but it sucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel the same for sure. Mm. Well, <laughs> I'm glad that we can find some solidarity at this great distance. While I should be having a glass of wine while you're having your coffee, it's we're totally in the opposite end of the day. Um, but Jorge, let's stay in touch and just hear how things um, shake down for you in Brazil. Um, I really, really hope there's some turning of the corner and as spring comes to us both that it brings um, an easing of the situation. Thank you so much. For, yeah. Yeah. Our chat, chat is a kind of hope because even uh, with so, so long distance, we are together on this as a humanity world. So it's a kind of hope. I, I, I'm finishing that conversation with a hope on my heart that uh, we're going to, going to leave this and we're going to be back with a good industry and uh, everyone together. So it's really nice to have this chat with you. I thank you so much. Sorry about my English that I cannot express myself really well and explain the situation, but I think I could, I could uh, say a little bit of what we, we, we are having here in Brazil. Yeah, your English is great. Um, so each week I, um, I have a project here where I talk to people from overseas and give them soup, like some of these people who aren't being helped by the government. And there's this Portuguese guy that I chat to every week, Fernando. Oh, sorry, it's a Brazilian guy, so he speaks Portuguese. And um, each week I get him to teach me one new word in Portuguese. Uh, <laughs> but it's definitely not enough for it to have a conversation. So your English is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> I live in London for some years, so uh, but I never like have really proper lessons of English. I really learned working on the industry, so I I can express myself a little bit. Definitely. All right. Well, I wish you a good day and a good week, and I really am grateful for your time today, Jorge. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for you too. Have a nice week. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production.